Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, touch your bet. We round the world. We round the net. So get ready and get set. Because we make it look easy. No sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews, is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Welcome to episode 61 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. And this evening, your inner geek is newsed out, I guess. <laughs> Neither one of us had geek news for this evening. Although I do have some things that we can talk about in general here. I wanted to, uh, on air, I guess, welcome Paul Koska to the audio side of All Us Geeks. <laughs> He's been doing some great articles for us on the website and him and i had a conversation well we've had several conversations leading up to this uh including like after his interview when i interviewed him for his kickstarter and uh, we made it official he is doing the game of crowdfunding interviews along with me so we've been able to open up new dates that people can potentially select so there's a little more flexibility and when people can potentially get interviewed and depending on the date you pick, it'll either be Paul or myself. So welcome, Paul. Thanks for coming on to this side of things. <laughs> Eventually, we are going to get him a, a little bio on the host thing now as a <laughs> contributing host. We've been talking about that for a while. And then I just, I wanted to point, I wanted to point out and have a mini conversation about. <laughs> yes. Patreon. We are very close to our next milestone, which is pretty cool. We're like roughly nine bucks away from the next milestone, which is awesome. You guys are amazing. Thank you very much. And if you're not uh, hanging out with us on Patreon or supporting us on Patreon, you can. Wow, that, that was a bad pause. You guys are amazing. And if you're not, pause. Like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you uh, if you're are, not amazing, you're just douches listening for nothing. Pretty much the hell <laughs> no uh if you would like to support us over on patreon that would be awesome we would love the support there and again that's patreon.com slash all us geeks p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash all us geeks and then the little bit of conversation i want to have around it is we're cautiously cautiously close to the next milestone <laughs> and the reason i say that is i've heard it I've, I've heard other patreon people that have pages have to deal with it we finally have dealt with it and whatever it, it happens, it's cool. But what you see on our Patreon page is not all of what we got last month. Some pledges did not go through. So even though we kind of consider that our consistent income, obviously anything can happen. People can drop or switch what they're giving you at any given time. Sometimes, you know, it's a reoccurring thing. Sometimes, you know, credit cards don't go through, all that kind of stuff. So we've had our first month where we didn't collect some pledges. So, and I think I we might know who you are. <laughs> we do, but I've harassed no one. <laughs> <laughs> I 
It's not my style. But I do think I'm thinking about kind of going with the same general principle as some other uh, Patreon uh, members have done. And, and I've been a part of some conversations where people have wondered, is it worth it to kind of have the stats as in like, look how many people are backing us or trim the fat. Cause yeah, I've got X number of backers, but I'm not getting that money. And one of the things you got to keep in mind is, especially if you set up milestones and depending on what your rewards are in those milestones, can you afford it <laughs> uh, by, trying to, yeah. Yeah, by trying to keep the, the numbers up, if you will. So um, I've seen it. And, and, you know, this is a this is a no judge, no harsh. Like I said, I haven't gone after anybody or anything. Things happen. I understand that. So what some people have done, and I think is a pretty decent idea, like the first time they let it go, if it happens two consecutive times, then they just take them off the list because you can remove a, a person that's pledged to you as well. And they just take them off the list, and that way it reflects true what you're collecting every month. And I think that's important, especially for us, because we have pretty mapped out what we need for what to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, we're very transparent with where the money goes and all that stuff. So if we're not collecting that money, but it looks like we're collecting that money, I don't think that's good for anybody. No, not at all. And those people are always more than happy to come back. You know, we, you know, if, if situation changes or whatever, uh, they can jump back in. No problem. So I think that's maybe the solution I'm going to go with. Um, if we get two consecutive, um, I'll just kind of drop people out. I'm not, like I said, I'm not hounding anybody i haven't sent any kind of reminders you know you signed up for this you kind of know i'm assuming you get some kind of reminder from patreon well i know i get a i get a mm-hmm. reminder from patreon for my pledges well i don't so. get a reminder but i get a notice that it's charged yeah yeah i think i get one that's it's coming up or i used to i don't know so i think that's what i'll go with i think that's that's fair across the board because i definitely especially if we reach some of these levels that we've talked about you know i just don't want to hit there and go, well, crap, we can't do it because of this or that. And, and it's always kind of disappointing when you kind of hit a threshold, but then got to immediately say, no, 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 that, that didn't really happen. <laughs> we're not going to origins next year because we were $4 <laughs> short for six months. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that's kind of how I think I'm going to handle that. The other thing, you know, we've kind of talked about it and, I've kind of been toying around with an idea. Now we've talked about maybe doing the $15 a month for like a game, like an RPG. And I've been toying around with that quite a bit lately. And I've kind of debated doing pull out my old RPG system because I've recently had it kind of come out and, and seen it around and stuff and kind of been thinking about it and toying with it again. So if I, I run my RPG system, in my little world, I started setting up and I'm thinking of labeling it as podcasting through the apocalypse because mine is a post-apocalyptic kind of zombie plus situation, but have like the GM narrative kind of come from the last remaining podcaster or whatever. That's like going, it's, it's like broadcasting over a radio waves or mm-hmm. something like that. And so I've been toying around with that idea and sketching stuff out. I'm kind of digging the idea, so I might want to go forward with it. And again, that would be like our $15 a month pledge. Uh, and I'd say cap it at four people. And, uh, that's the idea. So if anybody's interested in that, let us know because that takes a lot of extra effort on my part to kind of put that together. But if, if people are interested in it and would be willing to do $15 a month to sit in on a 
personalized campaign, I'd be more than happy to do that. Also, the Patreon monthly hangouts. <laughs> I like uh, hanging out with people when I can, and it's been a lot of fun, but they've been kind of scarce lately. This last one was pretty much just Aaron and I hanging out, which was cool. I got to catch up with Aaron. I had one where it was just Don and I, which was cool. It ended up being like a consulting session for Don. And then there was one where it was pretty much just Jordan and I, and we didn't need that. <laughs> <laughs> although we did, although we hadn't seen each other in a while, we did catch up while we were waiting to see if anybody else was going to come into that one. How are the users treating you this week, Jeff? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so we did do a little catch up on that. So. But, you know, this is something that we want to do. But if, if there's a lot of, you know, if there's not going to be a lot of people showing up, it, it's a, a way the effort thing. And it is part of your Patreon pledge. So, you know, again, it's not mandatory by any means, but it'd be nice to know that there's going to be at least two, maybe three people. If I'm going to take time out of the month to kind of hang out for an hour, hour and a half or so. And last thing I'll just say again, we, uh, we do the Mixler live stream every other Tuesday. Now we were not able to do it last Tuesday. I had family stuff come up. It was not a fun time around here for several weeks, uh, which is again, put me behind. I'm a little behind on a lot of things, but as long as we can record and we do record, we will do the live stream. So definitely come hang out with us on the Mixler. Again, if you go to the allusgeeks.com page, You'll see, uh, like, are we live kind of thing on the sidebar. If you click the little round All Us Geeks icon, that'll actually take you over to the Mixler page. You can follow us there. Uh, and if you follow through Mixler, as soon as we hit the live button, you'll get a uh, email notification, I believe, saying we're live. Um, or you'll know, like I said, every other Tuesday, roughly around 6 p.m. Central, we record these episodes. You can hear it here first and then hear it again like three, four months later when you've forgotten what you were listening to. <laughs> you have that moment of deja vu. So familiar. I think I, <laughs> I they've, they've had this argument before. <laughs> so definitely check us out on Mixler if you're interested in listening to us live, interacting with us. It does have a chat built in, which is always awesome. We've done that several times here now. And again, we're currently using the free version, which lets us do it for an hour at a time. So once our hour is up, we stop, we restart, keep going. If we ever get to the point where we have consistently 10 people, doesn't have to be the same 10 people, but if we consistently have roughly 10 people hanging out with us uh, on any given Tuesday evening, then we are going to talk about going up to the paid ver- next paid level, which actually allows us three hours at a time, which pretty much covers most of our podcasts. <laughs> there have been times it wouldn't. <laughs> we admit it. <laughs> But most of them would be covered. <laughs> You'll have to wait for the actual podcast release to hear what we're reading, watching, and listening to. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Game reviews. Game reviews sponsored by Gray Gnome Games, one of our Patreon supporters. So thank you very much, Jason, over at Gray Gnome Games for supporting us and allowing us to continue to do the podcast that was plural we are going to do two games tonight we uh have i don't know if twilight imperium <laughs> is really what we want to do to start on a two game night yeah well if we do twilight imperium <laughs> i think we get credit for like four games or something <laughs> that's the second time we've done a mini twilight imperium review <laughs> We're lucky enough to kind of have a little opening in our schedule, so we got to dip into the Tubbo Games 
and pull out a couple games to review. So both of them are Game Crafter games. They're both quick card games. So we thought it'd be kind of good and easy to do the two of them and knock them out. And then if it's something that you think uh, you are interested in, then definitely go check them out over on the Game Crafter. All right, so Arena Gladiators is from Kudos Games. Fortunately, I don't know the designer right off the top because it isn't on. Hey, maybe is he got? Hey, he does have a credit section. There we go. Simon Beale was the designer and one of the artists along with uh, Shakala Games, it looks like. So there we go. Arena Gladiators is a card game. It's a really quick card game. It plays two to four yeah, players. <laughs> Especially if you break it. <laughs> Plays two to four players, 20-ish minutes, would you say? Uh, um, I think that's the most you'd want to go, yeah. it's <laughs> nice. So getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> is Jordan Steinhoff. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a card game about basically running your own uh, gladiator troop. What is it? Uh, Ludus? Is that what it's called? I yeah. think so. Where you're going to... Control up to three gladiators. Actually, you do control three gladiators when the game starts, uh, but you might control less as time goes on. <laughs> three gladiators, and you're uh, matching them up against your opponent's gladiators in the arena, trying to score victory points. And it's the first person to five victory points is the winner. And... There are uh, ability cards, there are event cards, and then what's the other deck called? Um, there's your gladiator cards. Gladiators, abilities, and events. Yep. You're going, like I said, you're going to start with three gladiators. You're going to start with a beginning set of abilities. We'll call it, yeah, starter A base set, set of four abilities yep. that each side will have, three gladiators, and then an event at the start of each turn, each player's turn. Each player's turn, yep. Four abilities. Four, four base abilities, abilities plus, and then you draw three two. from the right. Is it three, three, because your max size yep. is seven. Yep. So you'll get three random extra abilities to go with the base ones that everybody has, and these kind of do all. Th- and this is a, I call it. I don't even know if I. It's rock paper scissors lizard, but I don't even know if I'd call it lizard because the lizard doesn't really associate with it. It's rock paper scissors and denial. <laughs> rock paper scissors deny, and not the fun denial. <laughs> not the fun denial. So basically, when you you when your gladiators kind of go at it and fight, you, and we're back to denial. <laughs> you uh, simultaneously play an ability card. Uh, each player does, and you'll flip that over, and then you do the what is it? The uh, speed beats accuracy, accuracy beats might, might beats speed, and defense blocks everything. So these are the the different types of cards you can have. Some of these cards will have. Combo abilities, um, which match up with your gladiator. If your gladiator has a combo affinity with speed, if you play a speed card and then you leave it on the table, which I'll get to, I guess, in a second. If you leave it on the table and then play a second speed card and that speed card has a combo ability, you must, unless it says it's optional, you must trigger the combo ability. And that could be a number of things. It could be, you know, you'll do extra damage. You'll make your opponent, one of your opponents clear their combo cards so they don't have any cards on the table to combo off of, things like that. Everybody has three gladiators, the base ability cards, and then three extra ability cards out of the deck. And then you go through the event phase, like Jordan said earlier. At the beginning of your turn, you'll draw an event, and it's either going to be immediate or keep. 
pretty self-explanatory. Immediate, you play immediately. Keep, you keep and decide when you want to play it. In that deck somewhere is a slave uprising. Yes. Slavery, slave revolt. Slave right? revolt. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen it, but we've been warned about it quite a lot. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> and then you have the arena phase. And this is where, when it's your turn, you say, Hey, you push up one of your gladiators and say, this is the gladiator. I'm sending to the arena. Jordan, I, I, I'm challenging you in the arena. Uh, and Jordan decides if he's going to fight or not. Uh, or use one of his gladiators to fight or not. Now, or use one of my gladiators to turtle. Yes. And if there's multiple players, uh, Jordan can say, nope, I don't want to go to the arena. Then it kind of goes down. You, you can challenge somebody else. And if everybody passes and they have healthy gladiators, uh, you basically auto get a victory point because nobody would go to the arena with you. Otherwise, if Jordan had no had all wounded gladiators, he could say no because gl- uh, wounded gladiators can't be forced into the arena. They can go to the arena, but they can't be forced into the arena. So I wouldn't get a victory point if it like if it was just Jordan and I, and he said no, and he had all wounded gladiators. If he sends a wounded gladiator and wins, he gets a bonus victory point for pulling that off. But in in normal, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> it's just a flesh wound. Keep a keep keep going, old man. So you throw. <laughs> You throw both gladiators in the arena. You do the, you know, the ability cards, rock, paper, scissors thing, and you keep doing that until one gladiator takes two damage. Now, once a gladiator is taken two damage, they are defeated, but not necessarily dead. So now you go to a vote and everybody at the table gets a thumbs up, thumbs down, whether or not that gladiator lives. Uh, and supposedly there's some form of negotiation that they don't really flesh out in the rules. They don't tell you things like, well, you can offer a, a card, you can offer, you know, anything like that. They just say, you, this is where negotiation comes in. So that's a little hazy right there. <laughs> but supposedly this is where you negotiate to keep your gladiator alive. And again, thumbs up, thumbs down. In the instance of Jordan and I playing against each other, we just flat out said, you know what? I'm never going to vote for you and you're never going to vote for me. What's the tie breaking rule? <laughs> <laughs> and the tie breaking rule is that you look at the top deck or top card of the event deck. And if it has the skull symbol on it, then the gladiator dies. If it doesn't, it lives. And so that's what we used because we were never going to help each other out. We just knew that going for, we just laid that on the table before we ever got started and honestly it didn't even need to be said we just knew that it goes without saying that's not limited to a two-player game (laughs) that's that yeah right that's that's just jeff and jordan playing at the table (laughs) all right so uh you do your arena phase and again that's all the combat stuff and then there's just an end phase which is kind of cleaning up some stuff at the end of your turn you get to heal one of your gladiators for one point and you draw a card uh, and you can draw that either from the gladiator deck or the ability deck, but you can only have seven ability cards or three gladiators on the to- on the uh, table at any time. So if you draw in and have more, you have to discard down. And then that's pretty much a turn. First person, to, like I said, five victory points is the winner. That is the game. You rinse and repeat until somebody gets the five victory points or Jordan breaks the game first turn and you just say, screw this. Let's start over, <laughs> which points out for us a very big flaw in this game. The defense cards block 
all other three things. So the way that you damage a, an, a, an opponent gladiator is beating them on the speed, accuracy, might chart. But defense blocks everything as it stands. Now, in our subsequent games, I had some things that still did damage to Jordan if he if I comboed it properly and he played defense. In our first game, I had nothing. I had nothing in my hand that could do anything against defense. I got one hit in on Jordan, and he didn't want his gladiator to die, so he just kept playing the defense card. Now, by the rules, every time you play a card, you get to decide, do you pick up the cards that are on the table and put them back in your hand, or do you leave them out to try to combo off of them? The only exception is if you don't have any more ability cards in your hand, you have to pick them all up because you have to be able to play an ability. So you can string it out to your last card if you want to, to try to combos and stuff. And some of that is potential for bluff as well. It's, you know, if I, I leave a, a card out that can be comboed, am I necessarily going to combo? And when am I going to combo? But Jordan didn't want to take that second damage. He didn't want to lose in the arena. So he played to the fence. Picked it up, played it again, picked it up, played it again. And we just, and he just looked and he's like, I'm going to keep doing this. <laughs> I don't want to lose. So this is, I'm going to keep doing it. in the rules. I can do this. So this is what I'm doing. He didn't, he didn't break the rules or I, I shouldn't say he didn't. Yeah. He didn't I didn't break, maliciously break the yeah, game. You, you didn't, we just, you didn't encountered... break the rules. You broke the game. Yes. <laughs> by, by playing by the rules. Yes. And that was, that was huge. Now, maybe that wouldn't have happened. See, and, and that's not even true either. Even if there were more people at the table, there's not like anybody can come to your rescue or aid or anything like that. If these are the cards that I would have still had, and those are the cards that you still had, and we had two other people at the table, that situation was still going to be the same. Yeah. So by the rules, this game is broken. <laughs> it has the potential to be broken. There's an infinite defense loop yes. where... And we did it turn one. Yes. Like, this was the beginning of our game. <laughs> It was literally the first combat. Yep. You do this, I do this. Okay, I'm going to try this shield. Okay, because I because it was a double whammy. You had nothing to combo off my uh, avoiding to avoid my shield, and I had nothing to combo on any combination of my three gladiators. So I just threw a dude out yep. and shield and shielded and shielded because I had nothing to any combination of my cards to get damage on you either. Right. All right, you know, we're we're moving ahead here, but let's just go ahead and go through everything. Components, this is a card game. Uh so roughly 90 cards, one's a reference card. Comes in a tuck box. It's a quick, fast game. Components are I mean, uh, they're they're fine. They're they're cards, right? There's not a lot to say about it. They're not like poor quality cards or anything like that. No, good card um, stock. Everything that you need is on the card. It, it's all there. It's Game Crafter cards, which actually this is an old, you know, we've had this in the tub for a while. So this is actually the previous card stock that they had. So the card stock now, if you ordered it today, would be even better. So yeah, the, the card stock is, has been upgraded at the Game Crafter since this came up, but I have never had a problem with the Game Crafter's card stock to begin with. So, uh, I think it's the, as far as that's concerned, it's, it's good quality. So mechanics. Think we've kind of said what we think of the mechanics. First of all, this was sent to us quite a while ago, so I think I will excuse sending me a rock, paper, scissors game. <laughs> but in general, Jordan and I usually don't 
enjoy rock, paper, scissors game? Well, I know I don't. Oh, I don't either. Yeah. Uh, in fact, as evidenced by our second game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, there have been a lot of rock, paper, scissors style games that we've played where I've just flat out done the, it doesn't matter and randomly pull whatever because it's just, it usually doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> yeah. I remember, yes, <laughs> yes. That game was, oh my God. That said, there were times I didn't mind the rock, paper, scissors in this. When, like that second game, when things were flowing a little bit better, there were a couple okay combats in that that were, were kind of interesting. And working it in with the combo system, this was a tolerable rock, paper, scissors to me when it was functional. <laughs> now, when it was broken, <laughs> it was not functional at all. Uh, but I did sometimes enjoy the kind of the combo system and you know the the game where i had the ability to kind of combo off of you playing defense was an interesting twist as well and stuff like that so there there were times where i didn't mind it it just didn't win over the times where i really did mind it so mechanics it's a rock paper scissors game if you don't mind that then maybe you'll be okay with it us we were at best i think neutral <laughs> At worst, I mean, like that first game really kind of soured us to be get to, to start off with because we actually started looking at things to try to figure out. It was like we must be doing this wrong, right? Yeah, <laughs> there's no way that you would what's, allow this. What's that paragraph that you missed in the rules? You know, <laughs> or is there something like a key piece of text on our cards that we're missing? What? Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of, we'll go on to rules. <laughs> uh, rules is. And again, I don't know if this has been updated. Like I said, we've had this for a while. The Game Crafter didn't always have booklets. They do now. So this was a two-sided eight and a half by 11 sheet. So the rules are pretty simple, pretty straightforward, easy to get through. Didn't have a problem with the rules. We were playing correctly. <laughs> uh, it's just, again, the mechanics didn't support it as well. Uh, so the rules, no problem. We were up and running fairly quickly. The rules as written are fine. Actually, we did have a little bit the combo. I, I was gonna, I was gonna disagree with you there. The combo, right? That we had to like reread the combo stuff a couple times because it was kind of yeah cloudy in its wording at, at times. So we kind of parsed it out and said, okay, this is this has got to be the way this works. And again, it wasn't the combo system that messed us up. So it wasn't that we didn't understand the combo system. <laughs> uh, it's just, it took us a little while to kind of, okay, let, let me read this line by line and you tell me what you think this means and see if we're on the same page. <laughs> we, then we came to a consensus and played. In general, the rules aren't too bad, but yeah, there was a couple little wording gotchas, I think. Teachability. It was easy to teach. I mean, it's, again, it's a card game. It's a rock, paper, scissors style card game. That's not too bad. A little bit on the combo system. But even that, I mean, that was easy to get through. Like I said, we parsed it out and we were up and running. So teachability is not bad on this game. Replayability? Uh, we don't want to replay it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to kind of be honest. Does it have the potential for replayability? Sure. I mean, you have different gladiators. Some of those gladiators have abilities. Uh, some of them don't. So I think like the named gladiators all had abilities while the kind of generic ones did not. There are different combos. That was one thing at first because I kept seeing some of the same cards and I thought, well, this is dumb. All the combos for speed are the same. Uh, but that ended up not being true. I mean, there were different combos. I just needed to see a few more cards. There's difference in play 
by the gladiators and the combos and the cards that you actually get and stuff like that. But the game itself did not leave us wanting to play more than we had to, to get in enough to review it. This is not one that'll get pulled off the shelf around here. No. Theme. The theme is there. It all fits. They've got lots of different gladiators. They've got these abilities. They've got the event cards that come up. Uh, there's a slave revolt in there somewhere <laughs> that we keep getting warned about. We should really just dig through and see what the slave revolt does. Uh, cause apparently it's nasty or something. Cause uh, we had a couple cards come up like you, you are the only one immune to the slave revolt. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Good thing. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're starting over. <laughs> you know, the, the theme actually is pretty decent in this game. And that was one of the things I was really hopeful for. You know, we like Hoplomachus, we like Spartacus, we like those style games. So to give me something in a quick tuck box that's quick to play, I went into this wanting to like it a lot. And unfortunately, the theme holds up, not much else does for me. So there you go. Fun factor slash overall, it just wasn't fun for us. It has some interesting things kind of going on. I just don't think, I think this, this is something that I would like to see at a couple of proto spiels. And get some more feedback on so that it can be tweaked. Cause I can, I can see something there. There is I mean? definitely a core of potentially really good gameplay here. Good theme. In theory, some good mechanics. In theory, the combo system is a good idea mm-hmm. to overcome just basic rock, paper, scissors. Right. But man, execution. To, to Since we're talking a gladiator game here, to quote Russell Crowe, are you not entertained? No. no. No, this was... I haven't been this down on a game since our first year. <laughs> Maybe we got this in our first year. This know. was just a whole bucket full of potential. It's not quite a micro game because you still need some place to set out, mm-hmm. to set up, but it's small enough that you could take it. It's a backpack game. Yeah. Almost anywhere, as long as you have, like, even just an airplane seat tray. You know, that's really the minimum amount of space you need. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of positives here, but just its implementation is is wrong on almost every level. <laughs> it's rock, paper, scissors. There are rules deficiencies. There really need to rethink some of the... the the logic trees that, that put hard stops places so that you just don't have endless loops, stuff like that. It's, it's, no, I, I never want to see this again until it's updated. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, you have to have some kind of hard stop. You have to have some way. I don't know if it's play do, uh, defense against defense and that breaks it and it's got to stay out for a while or something. I mean, something has to be put in place to stop the infinite defense loop that can potentially happen. Again, there, there are cards that, deal with it but they're they're in the random pile you mm-hmm. don't know if they're going to become available and they were not available to us first game <laughs> or if you only have half the combo you know yeah. it's it's as good as having none of the combos all right so that is what we thought of arena gladiators now we're going to move on to the second game that we're going to talk about tonight and that is survivalistic it's copyrighted to William Mandry, so we'll go with that. Apparently, William did it. <laughs> so I don't know if what his company name is based off of uh, the tuck box and, and the rule book here. But uh, Survivalistic is kind of a post-apocalyptic 
survival game where you're trying to kind of make your clan stronger than some of the other clans that are out there. And some of the ways you, well, the main way you do that is you want to make sure that your clan has food and water. You're trying to, what is it? Nourish, completely nourish three, three people, three people. And by doing that is, you know, you get clan members in front of you that are part of your post-apocalyptic clan and all of them have food and water costs. So you have to go through the, is it, they call it the field or something like that? The, the, basically the deck where you can get food, water and equipment, stuff like that out of it. And as you get food and water, you want to play them on your different clan members to kind of nourish them. And if, was it the end of your turn? If you haven't fully nourished a clan member, well, there's a couple things. If you haven't fully nourished a clan member, you can't attack with that clan member. So there is attacking the other clans. And if by the end of the turn you haven't fully nourished a clan member, they just start taking damage. So it's one damage if you're out of, if you don't have enough food, two damage if you don't have enough water, and three damage if you don't have enough of both. So um, you're going to take one, two, or three damage for uh, every round that you're not nourished. And once you're nourished, then... Unless that- you're a big old bully like me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> once you're fully nourished, you actually get rid of your health counters or whatever. So or your, yeah, your health counters is what they call it. But you get rid of your damage. Once you fully nourish somebody, they kind of come in at full health. So... Uh, turn sequence. Let's go through the turn sequence real quick. You draw one card from the resource pile and then you do any number of these things that you can do. So you can set and attach cards. Basically, that's kind of putting a clan member in front of you. And I think you can only have three, three. clan members in front of you. Yep. Uh, so that's putting a, new, a clan member in front of you. Attaching is like adding equipment and or food to them. Well, adding equipment really, uh, cause they kind of put nourish clan members as its own thing, but basically attaching a card. So you can, you can play, play a clan member, attach some kind of card. Uh, I think you can only have three equipment per clan three member. Yep. yep. Uh, and then you can have as much food and water as you want because you got to make up their total. If you go over a total, you don't get to share that with another clan member. You're just kind of greedy. You hang out the water yourself. So if you only need two water and you end up playing three, uh, you don't get to like, Pass one over to your buddy. (laughs) You can use equipment card effects. So once you've equipped, and you can all do this all on the same turn. Like you can play the equipment and then turn around and use its ability right away. So different equipment has different abilities. Some of them are always on, like the water purifier always doubled water in your clan. What was the the dog? The dog doubled your food. Food. The water purifier doubled your water. I had a tent that let me... uh, well, that's each pl- each character has a uh, once per game yep. ability, and the tent whoever you equip that to allows you to use that gay uh, ability twice per game. Then I had like iodine pills, which was deck diving on a die roll. Yep. And I had something else, a flashlight. No, a headlamp. headlamp. Again, it was yep. deck diving on a die roll. Yep. So you can use your equipment abilities, uh, and then like Jordan just said, each of your clan members has an ability that can be used once per game. So you can choose to use that ability as well. And then you battle other clan members like we talked about. So you can defend with malnourished clan members, 
but you can't attack with malnourished clan members. So if I ta- if I want to attack Jordan's clan, I have to have at least one clan member that is fully nourished, that has all the food and water they need. And then I just declare my attack. Actually, you declare who you're attacking, right? Yes. Yeah, so I get to declare who I'm attacking in his clan, and then we do some stat comparison, and each person gets a die if they're greater in a certain stat. Basically, at worst-case scenario, uh, one person will have three dice and the other person will have one die. Otherwise, like there's three stats. Whoever's higher in each stat gets a die. So uh, if you get at least one die, then it'll be like two to one. You know, it, so, uh, and then you roll all the dice and it's just straight up whoever rolled the highest die. So even with my one die, if I roll the six and Jordan rolled under six, I'm going to win that, that combat. What do you mean six? If you rolled a three. <laughs> yeah. If I rolled a three, <laughs> I'd be doing good dice. You know, we should be dice hate me games. Cause dice hate me. Good Lord. But if you tie, then nothing happens. It's just you kind of go your way. Okay, well, the, good good fight, man. Good fight. Slap fight. Walk <laughs> yep. away. I'm going to go back over here, man. I'll go, catch you next time. Going back to my tent. <laughs> I got your dog. Yep. <laughs> but you can attack again if you have another fully nourished clan member. If you win a battle, you get to take something that is equipped or something on that character. So if they have food, equipment, uh, you get to take one of those things. All right, so you can do any of those things or as many of those things as you want to. I mean, if you've got three characters and you don't have any in front of you, you can lay down three clan members. If you have a bunch of equipment in your hand, you can throw down all the equipment you want, you know, that kind of stuff. So you can do any of, of that, any combos of that, those things that you want uh, until you decide you're done. And then you end your turn. It even says, end your turn whenever you wish. There you go. There's another loophole. I'm not ending my turn. I'm not done. <laughs> no. I have no, no cards. I'm, I'm not just not going turn. to go. <laughs> I know that you have to leave in 10 minutes. I'm up. <laughs> and then after you've ended your turn is when you go and say, okay, uh, this clan member is malnourished. They need some, they need some health counters on them. Uh, as soon as the die and, and health counters in this game is a D6. So as soon as that D6 gets to six, that clan member dies. So you're out of clan member. And that's pretty much the game. You keep doing that. And again, it's the first person to get three of their clan members fully nourished wins the game. All right. So back to components, sir. This box had cards and dice. That is all you need. That's what you got. And it all worked well. This game gives you everything in the box that you need. I appreciate that. And it comes in a tuck box. Again, this is a backpack style game. It comes in a tuck box. And it, it gave you dice. It gave you four black dice that were battle dice. So those are the ones that you're fighting with. And then it gave you a bunch of red dice that were kind of your health counters. So it gives you everything you need in the box, which is awesome. Um, again, it's kind of the, the built in scoring mechanism. You know, when you've nourished your people because you put food and stuff on them. We did get some like promo or expansion cards. I think somebody looked it up the other day. He has like two expansions for this game that are on the Game Crafter. And they're something like five bucks each. So that's not too bad. And, uh, we didn't play with those, but they were kind of, they would have been kind of brutal because they were like shotguns and pistols and a ballistic vest. And <laughs> so it was adding a little extra combat in, which after we looked at it, we probably should have played with. That would have been right up our alley. Well, the way you were going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I needed it. Yeah. I, I played horribly in this game. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, that that's only half on you. I mean, you, you couldn't roll higher than three, but I mean, you kind of got the shaft because I had every deck manipulation card I could find. So I was able to ensure that you got nothing. And then you, I had a good start because yeah. I got the water purifier and then I got the dog pretty early on. So I could like double all my food right away. But then I just made a seriously tasty target. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it was only the two of us anyway. So who I, I was the only target anyway, but yeah, it was, there was kind of a point where it felt a little bit like there wasn't much I could do. And I don't, I felt that way too. <laughs> there wasn't much I could do. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I have no, I have no doubt. Well, there's the, there, that's the, well, I'll get to that. Later. Yeah. That's but. what I was going to say. I mean, it, I, I'll get to it. And I don't, I don't, I don't think for this game, that's necessarily a bad thing and we'll get to it. No, it's not. So component wise, this is a very solid game. Again, it's mostly cards. It's game crafter card stock. Again, we've had this one for a while. So the card stock's been upgraded, but the cards we've got are just fine. They're good. Uh, this plays two to four players. I don't know if I mentioned that. It's another one that's like 20-ish, 30-ish minute game. So it plays really quick. Uh, so that's kind of cool. So mechanics. Okay. Overall for this game, how do the mechanics work for you? Very well. Everything is laid out on the card. All the information you need is on whatever card you're going to be referencing. And there's no gotchas. Everything meshes well together. Everything. We didn't even have any questions, so we didn't need to reference the rule book. Everything works well together. Each step is laid out. Each step you hold, well, there's really only one step, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the you can do everything. Yeah. So there's <laughs> there's really not a lot to break there. So mechanically, very sound game. Yeah, I agree. This was a very pleasant surprise to kind of break out and play. The mechanics worked really well. The, you know, the, the equipment all did really kind of interesting and cool things. And, uh, it was kind of cool to, to scavenge for some of that stuff, trying to figure out. And again, it's not a long game. That's the other thing you got to kind of keep in your mind. So squirreling away your clan member abilities isn't always the best thing either, <laughs> but figuring out when's a good time to play your once per game use on a, a, a character. Is kind of interesting too. You know, I had the, the one guy that let me, you know, once per game, I got to heal three points of damage, which I needed because you kind of took away all my stuff that had me fully nourished. Give me your gum. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, but everything really works well. I think in this one, the, the fact that you are in the post apocalyptic theme, which, you know, we'll get to that later, but mechanically you start with a certain amount of cards in your hand. Those go quick. Mm-hmm. And then you're one carding it unless you have the equipment for it. You're one carding the resources, hoping you get something that's going to kind of help you out. If this was a longer game, that might piss me off. Oh, very much so. <laughs> but since this is a quicker game, it actually works really well. So I, I like the mechanics in this one as well. Rules. Pretty straightforward. Like Jordan said, we didn't really even have to refer to them that much. We kind of opened it up, made sure we were doing setup correctly. Uh, I went down the turn sequence real quick. And again, the turn sequence is pretty much draw your card, do whatever you want, end your turn, <laughs> and then uh, take Try damage. Try not to die. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty easy. Um, this is a m- little mini booklet that goes in a tuck box, like 14-ish pages or so. And some of that is really just explaining, you know, what happens in battle, step by step, that kind of thing. So 
not bad at all. Um, again, we were able to read it, get up and running right away. Teachability. Well, kind of lends itself to that as well. Again, the, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty simple what you can do. Most of what you need to worry about is on the card. So going back and, oh, wait a minute, let me look that up in the rule book. That doesn't really happen in this game. Uh, it's all pretty much in front of you. Once you understand the turn sequence, uh, you're good to go, I think. What do you think? I would agree. All right, then let's see. What do we got next? Uh, replayability. What do you think on that one? Replayability is pretty high. There's all sorts of, it seems like a third of that deck is people. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's one thing to note. You've got to nourish your people, but it's all one deck. So your people, your gear, everything is one deck. So you draw your starting hand. That's, that's one thing. You draw more than you're going to need, and you get to select five, right? You draw eight, keep five, or something like that? Something like that, yeah. So you are somewhat able to front load your start, but replayability is pretty high because there's a big variety of people and a big variety of powers with those people on a big variety of equipment, and then with the two expansions, that's just adding more to that. So I think replayability is high, especially because it's a very fast game. Yep. And it's draw 12, keep 12, five. five. So yeah, you've got a lot. And that was one of the things, like, that was my, my toughest choice in the game, was these are all good cards for what I do. I, do I keep a bunch of resources, but I need some clan members? Oh, and this is kind of a cool piece of equipment. And so... Out of that 12, it's kind of a hard decision to get down to five, mm-hmm. potentially. So, yeah, replayability, I think, is really good on this. Uh, I do like the fact that there are a couple little mini expansions out there that just add a few cards here and there. You know, like I said, the one that we got, I think, is called Terrorize. It's got a bunch of weapons, a little bit of armor, but it has, like, three or four more clan members, which I have to assume some of their abilities might do with some of the cards that came with that. So that's kind of cool. So it it is got a, a little more added on to it, but just as it is out of the box, and this is not a huge game. This is something like 60, 70 cards maybe. It's not it's fairly small deck. Yeah, it's not a lot of cards because, again, this is a tuck box that has the cards and the dice in it. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of play out of that those cards. So yep. I, I think it's, yeah, this is one I, I definitely play some more. So theme, we kind of hinted at it earlier, but, you know, you start with these five cards, you're, King of the world, you got these 12 cards that you first get to look at, and then you get to whittle it down to five, and then you're going to play these cards forever, and a turn and a half, turn, two turns in tops, you're like, well, crap, I don't have <laughs> And then you are kind of Who's going to get the one card first? Yeah. So then you're kind of at the draw card. Please be the card. Please be the card. Damn it. Not the card. <laughs> and so you're kind of, you know, each clan is scrambling for the limited amount of resources that are available. If I remember right, there's not a reshuffle in this game. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there is, is not a re, no, there is not a reshuffle in this game. Uh, if you get down to the end of the resources, the resources are oh, gone. Oh, that's right. That's right. Cause we were both like, well, then how do you win if you're out of resources? Last man standing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, you're not going through the deck a lot, cycling through it very much, at least for a two player game, four player game still. I mean, you're not drawing that many cards out of it. So it's, it's kind of interesting. There's just so, there's a limited amount of options that you got, just kind of like you would think in the post apocalyptic world. You're mm-hmm. kind of scavenging along with other little can- clans trying to scavenge for materials. So I think the theme in this one works really well. I do too. I like it. So fun factor slash overall, sir. This is a very fun game. I really, really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. 
when you first described it, and especially when I saw that it was just a tuck box and only one deck of cards, I was like, how interesting is this going to be? Turns out it's a very fun game. I liken this to Arctic Scavengers. Mm, yeah. Because it, it's that very same theme, only it's, it's much lighter. Condensed. Yeah. yeah. If you like Arctic Scavengers, I think you'll like this because it's, it, it's a lighter version of that. A lot of the stuff that goes on there takes place here, only it's a lot more streamlined. There's no bidding and the combat is like one on one rather than everybody goes in and, you know, there's not a whole bunch of decks and stuff like that. It, it's a really condensed streamlined version of that. And that is a good thing because I like that game a lot. And I really enjoy this game. It's fast. I like the theme. I kicked your ass. Um, <laughs> you did. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not going to hold that one. It's, it's um, true. And I, I guess I, I don't really have any, any complaints about it. Uh, it's, I'm not going to say it's a 10. It's definitely not a perfect game, but there's nothing really wrong with it either. For what it's supposed to be, it all works well. Yeah, I completely agree. This, this one definitely caught us by surprise and it was a very pleasant surprise and we had a lot of fun with it. This is one we would definitely play some more. This is a great, even like a little filler game. Again, it's only a 20, 30 minute game. You could play two to four players. This is a, a no brainer for kind of pulling out if you're waiting for some people or something because you'll get some meat out of it as well. So survivalistic is on the game crafter. Go check it out if it sounds like something you're interested in. What we're watching. Sponsored by Don Z, one of our Patreon supporters. Thank you, Don, for helping us continue to do the podcast. So, what we're watching. Watching. Rizzoli and Isles is back. I like that. Last Chip is back. Enjoyable. Still. Last season ended in a bit of a cliffhanger. It took them three ups to resolve that. I liked it. Again, it, that's popcorn fare, but it's popcorn that I like with extra butter. <laughs> <laughs> and Star Wars Rebels is back on XD. Uh, and I've watched uh, the first step of that. And I'm just going to say right off the bat here, semi-spoilers for the TV show and the comic. Darth Vader's having a heck of a crap year. Because <laughs> in the first step of Rebels, he gets an ATST dropped on him. <laughs> And in issue three of the Star Wars core title comic, I think, issue two or issue three, he gets an AT-AT dropped on him. So they're working his armor this season, this year. <laughs> I don't know what Marvel's up with that, but apparently they just want to show that he can he can have heavy equipment dropped on him. Rebels was a good start, though. Liked it. Everybody's back. It picks up the storyline exactly where it left off with last season's cliffhanger. All the mains are back. Everybody that you'd expect is there. And they're taking, uh, they're taking, uh, their characters out from being kind of the, 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 uh, the outlier wolf pack and bringing them into the heart of the rebellion now. So it's, it's actually some good, uh, good progression of the story. On the digital side, we watched Sensate, which was a, uh, who, no, not, uh, Netflix original. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really good. I really, really liked it from start it's to finish. It's on my list, but I haven't watched it yet. Do it go like right now. No, I'll, I'll just no. keep talking. Okay. I can, well, I can talk for 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, really, really good. Really great cast. Really good characters. Really great premise. And a really great cliffhanger at the end of the first season. So I hope they announce like PDQ that there is going to be a second season because there's lots going on and I want to see how everything goes on. It's, um, 
I don't know if you're familiar with the, the premise, mm-hmm. but uh, for our listeners who might not be, there's this group of eight people that discover through kind of depressing means suicide of a character that they are linked and they can now interact with each other's thoughts. Uh, and it starts off just thoughts and just, just random little blurbs every now and then. But as the season progresses, it gets to the point that they're sharing experiences and actually able to take over somebody's body for a short amount of time to, to do things with them or for them. And, you know, so of course there's, there's always a, after the first five, six steps, there's the, the dramatic moments where the character in question is, 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 uh, about to get their ass kicked or is lacking key knowledge. The resolution is they're able to call for help. And, and so somebody else more suited, better suited to the task comes in and does something for them or drops some nugs of wisdom or, or something. And so it's, uh, it's like creating a really well balanced Savage Worlds party. You know, everybody has a role. And everybody's able to step up and do something, uh, even though they're not there. And there's a really great cast of, uh, of characters because it's, they're good people, uh, good actors doing good things. And for the most part, I haven't heard of any of these people. Like I said, when we were talking, I think Daryl Hannah is the biggest name in the, in the show. And right. She's only there for like four of the 12 apps or something like that. And then Naveen Andrews from Lost, if you like Lost, I don't know why, but he's there. But everybody else is pretty much, uh, nobody I'd heard of, but they're good characters and they're spread out around the world. So it's not like just everybody's in Detroit and they're tracking each other down in Detroit. That's, there's a dude in Detroit who sometimes meshes with this dude in Berlin. Sometimes the dude in Berlin is meshing with this woman in India. So there's cultural differences that come in as well as just geography and working with somebody else's head. There's, you know, cause, and it starts off, sometimes they're just hearing things and eventually they start to smell things and see things. And then there's full body interaction. So it's a really good buildup. It was a really great series. Really liked it. One of the things I thought was kind of cool reading and stuff about it was that they don't have directors per episode. They have directors per location. Yes. So I thought that was kind of a cool. That way. was very visible, especially with the, in Germany, it was, there, I don't know if it really was Germany, but they did a lot. It, it was, I think. I think they, they actually have location directors at each of the locations. Well, that's really cool because I was wondering if they actually were on location or if they just like did a killer amount of stock footage because <laughs> there is so much stuff like skylines. You can get that anywhere, but there was so much stuff that was like, did they really go to that much trouble to put German signage up? Did they really go to that much trouble to make like a temple, you know, or, or did, were they actually in India? Were they actually in Germany? Were they actually in, uh, and like we talked, you know, Kenya, if there's a place in, in, in the United States that could be made to look like the slums of Nairobi <laughs> without much work, that's really depressing, you know? So were they actually in Nairobi, you know? So, I mean, visually it's really great. And, and you could tell, especially the, the, the German storyline always struck, stuck out to me because it was very much. A lot of the times it reminded me of the old Batman TV show because it was like a lot of tilted cameras and working the angles as much as working the people and stuff like that. So, I mean, visually, really good show. Uh, we just finished watching Fortitude, which was, uh, that's a British, well, it's a European conglomeration, Sky 4 and a bunch of other Euro things. Uh, and it's set in this 
uh, fictional town of Fortitude up in the Arctic Circle. I believe this is, in theory, it is laid down to be a... It's one of those Arctic Circle areas where there's no real geographical ownership, so it's a conglomeration of countries that have law there, and the two main players are Britain and Denmark. And so there's this... The first app, I was like, didn't we just see this on sci-fi last season? Because it was the unmonitored research center, shenanigans are going on, not a lot of authority. There were no zombies, though. But it was really, I don't want to say it was really good, but it was it was compelling. There was nobody in the show that I actually liked. There were no really sympathetic characters, but there were a lot of hooks and a lot of just enough information dropped each ep to make you want to watch the next ep to see what the next hook was going to be to eventually get to the end. So the premise is there's this research center. And of course it's, I was like, is this the thing? Cause it starts off with kids playing out in the permafrost, find a mammoth. And of course there's been no discovery of such a thing in a long time, but then this mammoth body immediately becomes like, a focus for at least one scene every app. So I'm like, is this just going to defrost? And then it's going to turn into like an alien and eat the whole town, you know what? But they do a good job of not actually turning it into that. Spoilers. It's not an alien. And, <laughs> uh, but still making this frozen and preserved corpse sinister. <laughs> I mean, all it's doing is sitting there and defrosting, but the characters, the science people are always dropping these little hints about, you know, this is part of the world that hasn't defrosted for 30,000 years. At one point, one of the scientists is like, there are still people out there that haven't decomposed and have the plague. You know, so I'm like, ooh, is it going to be plague elephant? Ooh, what's it going to be? Spoilers. Sharknado? Yeah, exactly. It's the plague elephant. Um, or am I lying? Uh, so again, and this is another one with, Nobody that I really knew except for Stanley Tucci and Michael Gambon, second, uh, second Dumbledore. But as I looked at everybody, almost er all the mains in the cast had been on an ep of Luther. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently they just went to BBC Central Casting and said, give me everybody that was on Luther that want, and they did this on location too. Uh, like in Northern Finland or something like that, I think they said. So just give me everybody that was on Luther that wants to go wear heavy gear for, for like six months while we filmed. But I mean, it was not excellent, but it was compelling. But I, I wanted to get to the end of it to know what was going on. IMDB says there's a season two, but they don't have any like app information yet, uh, for next year, 2016. And there's definitely, it's not a cliffhanger because like almost everything is resolved. There's only one thing that they left that made no sense. Hopefully that's not going to be their hook for season two. Cause it's, it's just a quibble on my part, really. There's something to do with something that made no sense. But they leave it at the end with the potential for a season two if they want to expand and amplify the first season storyline. If they don't, if they just leave it as it is now, I think it's a good self-contained story. So if they do a season two, I'll be happy. If they don't, I think this is a good standalone story. Before you go on, and uh, since you can't see the chat and I can say whatever I want to, Mike thinks you're a complete total ass for liking Sense8. Uh, <laughs> That's my bees, dude. <laughs> no, he said uh, he's having a hard time watching Sense8, but he's on Ep4 
And he said, you've convinced him to at least keep going, but he wanted him to get past the what's going on. Sensei is definitely not an immediate gratification. There's definitely a build there. But by the midpoint where everybody starts to learn that they have one person that they're strongly bonded to and other people that they can talk to more easily than others, everything really picks up. By the end of Ep 6, if you're not hooked, give it up. It won't be because it's just going to be more of the same. But I really liked it. Uh, I, I think Ep 6 is where everything kicks off into high gear. All right. What else you got? And on the anime side, I finished uh, Chihaya Furu, which I've been really enjoying. It was the competitive poetry reading that Don and I have talked about on and off. And thank you, Don, for getting me another series that doesn't actually have an ending yet. Dick. End of season two. Really excellent season. Good action. As much action as you're going to get in the competitive role poetry reading. Good drama, I'll say. And we're done. But we're going to do this all eventually. <laughs> Dude, where's the eventually? Uh, there's no plans. Oh, you bastard. And I've been watching Assassination Classroom, which is really, really fun. It's kind of a cross between Battle Royal and Stand and Deliver. Ultra powerful entity destroys the moon almost with no effect on the planet. And he cuts a deal with the government. They've got 12 years to train an assassin to kill him, uh, 12 months to train an assassin to kill him. If they can, he won't destroy the world. The hook, though, is the assassin has to be from the dreg class from one of the local high schools, and he has to teach them. So he's teaching them, and this is where it's stand and deliver. He's, you know, um, Morgan Freemaning it. He's, you know, talking them up. You're not the dregs. Just because they put you in the scut class doesn't mean you're really horrible people. And we're going to work on your grades, and I'm going to tailor everything to each individual. And he's super powerful, so he can do all this stuff. But at the same time... He's teaching them knife fighting and target acquisition and uh, stealth and how to pick vantage points for sniping and how to use, you know, pistols and machine guns, and grenades and crap like that. So he's teaching them to kill him, but at the same time, teaching them to be more than the school and is letting them be. It's, it's really, it's not hilarious, but it's very amusing. And it's, it's really fun because it's, uh, you know, I don't know why, because it's very simple in its premise. Kill me as I teach you to kill me. And if you do, the planet lives. Now there's only two eps left this season. I'm waiting on the dubs to come up on Funimation so I can see them because I don't <laughs> want to do the, the subs. So I don't know what happens in the last two eps. I got to wait two more weeks. So the last two will be up. But it, it's really enjoyable, and I heartily recommend it if you want something with an amusing mix of fight and teaching. And that's what I've been watching. Oh, and we went to see San Andreas. <laughs> oh, don't. yeah. I don't know if Megan went and saw that. She wants to see that really bad, and I was like, I, I have no desire. I walked I walked into it, and I was like, I'm going to see a non-Verhoeven disaster movie. <laughs> I don't know what to expect. At least if it's a Verhoeven, I know it's going to look good, even if it's empty. And I'm thinking to myself as I get through this, this was not a good movie. I mean, it was not a bad movie, but it was not a good movie. But I'm like, they did this without a Verhoeven in it. And then as we're watching the credits go through, there was a Verhoeven. 
It wasn't Paul Verhoeven, but there's a Verhoeven in it. So I'm like, I don't know if there are any, any relation at all, but I feel satisfied. It was a Verhoeven disaster movie, at least in my mind. <laughs> all right. Let's see. Um, Orphan Black. Oh yeah. Is, yeah. It's finished, finished now, but that was awesome as always. Uh, yeah, see, I didn't like the season all that much. Yeah, I did. So suck it. <laughs> I enjoy, I mean, yeah, there were a couple of things that were kind of played out, but I kind of, I enjoyed it overall. I, I'm still on board. I mean, when next season comes out, I'll be there, but uh, the, the whole caster storyline, yeah, it's just, I didn't care about them. Game of Thrones ended. Didn't we talk about that already? I don't remember if we talked about the finale or not. Cause it's, you know, we, we canceled last week. I can't remember, but I left it on my list just because Megan did ask me at one point if we were going to do a wrap up. She's like, well, we do it every year. I'm like, where have you been? We haven't <laughs> done it for like two years now. Uh, but apparently she's potentially on board if we want to do something like that. And of course, uh, John, one of our listeners always gives me crap because we haven't done a walking dead game of thrones wrap up in a while he his favorite part of our podcast which i don't know how to take it is whenever we do the 0.5 episodes so that's either he likes those because we go into those stories or he likes those because we don't do them very often (laughs) so you guys are really great when you're not talking about games (laughs) or you know i like those because they're few and far between and i don't have to listen to you as much i don't know i don't know how to take that one well listeners (laughs) would you like us to do a companion cast for fear the walking dead Ooh, Mike, <laughs> listener, because <laughs> he's such a fan of The Walking Dead. <laughs> but this isn't Walking Dead. This is Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. All right. Uh, Silicon Valley is ended as well. So that is awesome. We like that show. That is a funny show. So and it's a nice little half hour kind of thing that we can get in when we don't have enough time to watch anything serious and, and long. American Ninja Warrior. So watching that fact, I think we were, we were watching it just before you came over, trying to get caught up while we were eating. Defiance. Yes. Forgot to mention that. Yes. Defiance is back. I'm, I'm digging it. So I like far. it. Yeah. I, I can't take the new villains, the new Omax quite whatever. seriously. Cause as soon as I saw them, I was like purple people eaters. <laughs> and so that's all I refer to them as now. I can't take them seriously because they're the purple people eaters. I'm digging it, but yeah, it's, it's not for that, but I have a problem with they're not living up to the hype that everybody around them is giving them. Well, I assume at some point the other fang is going to drop. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's obvious that he's trying to be reserved and really is trying, he's trying to focus on getting the ship powered so he can get the rest of everybody up and up and going, but He's a little too reserved for well, that's, how how much everybody at first kind of started trembling at the fact that they were anywhere near them. I kind of looked at them after two apps. I was like, is like one of the writers from Stargate Atlantis here? Because this is kind of the race. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Orange is the New Black. We're watching that as well. So that has got a new season out. Uh, we haven't. We've watched a few episodes. That's a show we've always enjoyed. But that's one we kind of get in and up here, get in and up there when we can with everything that we've kind of had been going on. Uh, that is one though, if we ever get like a free day, we're going to power watch it and be done. <laughs> and then we're going to be pissed because we got to wait another year. <laughs> I don't remember if I ever mentioned this or not. So you can tell me if I have or not, but Marin, 
Did I ever say I was watching Marin? Doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, so, you know, Mark Marin, you know, from WTF. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very popular podcast. Recently had Obama on. Uh, so that was kind of a high note. And one of the highest downloaded podcasts of all time was that interview. But he did a show. And his show is, you know, he he's a comedian. And he does his podcast. And he kind of did this podcast when everybody kind of, when when his career options were kind of limited and stuff and you couldn't get some work. And I, I can't remember if he was trying to get a radio show or not. And he said, screw it. He's going to do a podcast. He does a podcast out of his garage. And the show is kind of based around that. It's kind of based around him starting this podcast and everything. So, you know, inter- intermixed with, with his real life with comedy bits and stuff like that. It was kind of fun. I, I power watched that. That was one of those. It was a, I think it was like another one of those half hour ish type shows or whatever. So I watched that at night for a while and got through that uh, season. It's only been one season. So I watched that. Uh, I know I said I was watching legit. I finished legit. Can't remember if there were, was there two seasons of legit or something like that. So I, I finished that up. Was it too legit to quit? It was uh, not too legit to get canceled. <laughs> uh, Cause I think it got I think, pretty sure it got canceled, which they did this goofy where we're all at wrap up at the end, whatever, <laughs> which was, kind of depressing after most of the season i did enjoy the show overall but it was just kind of yeah it was kind of interesting it's kind of like well this show's over so screw you know all these people he kind of made bonds with and everything's like yeah, screw all you guys everybody go do their own thing it's interesting bojack horseman have you ever watched any of that i haven't watched it but i don't know what happened in the most recent app but that suddenly like blew up my feed really I'm like, well, season two is coming soon. Oh, maybe that it was might just the announcement then. Yeah. Um, I watched the first, the, again, this is, if I can, if I don't have something that I'm really, really interested in, in watching, like I have to watch this, I try to find stuff that's in that half hour ish, 20 minute range so that it's something like, okay, I can watch a bunch or I can just watch one and do something else. And before it's all, this is all things I usually watch like right before bed. So Bojack Horseman was one. I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I kind of, I do dig it. it was, it's pretty good. And they, I found that they had like a Christmas special. So I watched that the other night. But yeah, season two is coming soon. I'm actually looking forward to season two. That is such a ridiculous premise, but it, you know, it's one of those adult cartoon kind of things. So it's this horse that had this popular show, you know, TV show that where he raised three orphans as a horse and and then you know the show ended and now they're all on hard times and stuff <laughs> and then like they have uh mr peanut butter who was on the popular show that was not a ripoff of the dog that raised three orphans <laughs> so, so uh, it's it, it's all the adult humor and the you know where are they now kind of style stuff with with him and the kids and and what his life is like I'm watching Fairy Tale. So. Fairy Tale? The anime. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about that yet. <laughs> Took me a while to get into it. Yeah, it's, it's, right now it's, it's not jiving well with me. It's just, it's just kind of rubbing me the wrong way a little bit. Some of the transitions and, and stuff is just not quite there. It reminds me of too many of the RPG groups that I've been in. <laughs> but it's the type of thing where I, I don't really mention it here because I only watch like one or two apps every now and then. Mm-hmm. And because that's, that's all I can do. 
I know it's like insanely popular and maybe it gets really better at some point, but where I'm at now, I'm like, I'm waiting for nothing to happen. I'll watch like this. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, I mean, that's my current, well, it's 20 some minutes. Watch it at night. So that's what I'm watching at night right now. But then I kind of, I get through an episode or two and I'm like, is this really what I want to do? <laughs> So I, I'm on the fence about it. And then I watched, I know that voice and in a world, which are uh, in a world is a documentary about kind of voiceover and stuff. That's where I have no idea how I did not know and did not pick up on Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob SquarePants is Clancy Brown. Oh yeah. I had no idea that. I, and you know, uh, my kids used to watch that all the damn time. I'm like, how did I not pick that up? How did I not pick that? He's like staring me dead in the face doing the Mr. Krabs. I was like, how did I not know that? Well, because he's not talking about cutting SpongeBob's head off or the quickening. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was kind of an interesting. There can only be one Krusty Burger. I mean. Krabby Pan. Krabby Patty. So, and then I know that voice is a movie about voiceover work. And that was kind of cool. It's a, it's a kind of a comedy as well. That was kind of a cool little one too. That's pretty much, I think, all I have right now. What we're reading slash listening to sponsored by Stephanie M. Hey. So thank you very much, Stephanie, for. Uh, supporting us over on Patreon and allowing us to continue to do the podcast. All right. Um, I actually have stuff. <laughs> stuff. Well, then you go, girl. They're all comics. Again, unless I count the miscellaneous boring stuff, which I won't. <laughs> so I am caught up on, keep in mind, caught up for me is one Two behind. Two behind. Oh, one by. <laughs> At least one behind. Saga. I am caught up on. Still really enjoying that. A lot of these I had kind of taken a hard break on, so I had a lot of catching up to do. Well, if you like BKV, and I know you do because you like Saga, then you're going to have to check out True North tomorrow. True North? Yes. This is a new comic. Okay. Well, wouldn't, I wouldn't check it out tomorrow. It'd probably be a month whenever no. they put it on sale. I, I still refuse. I, oh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> if it's not a dollar ninety nine, either that, the only, the only, um, caveat to the, that would be is if I see something and I go and like check the page count. <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't put it on my list, but I, I read the pro, hmm. <laughs> which was one I finally broke down and just paid for because the page count was, was <laughs> up there because that was never going to drop, which, and then I was like, okay, that wasn't really worth my time. <laughs> it was like, eh. Caught up on Rat Queens. So that is awesome. Caught up on the comic sex. <laughs> Just want to be clear about that. <laughs> no wonder Megan looks so tired. <laughs> and I am still right where, I'm, you know, I've kind of just kind of given up on the word coloring thing, even though every <laughs> once in a while it still bothers me. Uh, and, and clearly there's nothing to decipher there. And then they're going to come out. You like, don't have a beautiful mind. You'll then, never no. figure it and out. And then they're going to come out like three years from now and be like, no, you totally solved this. <laughs> <laughs> you win $10 million. And it is still this very, like, the story is awesome. 
I, I really do like the story, and I've said it several times here, but it's this this whole, like, Batman retires and stays retired kind of thing and is now trying to live, a, you know, well, shit, I actually have to run this company. Well, you know, this guy. And he's kind of de- devoid of a lot of feelings that and, and emotions and stuff like that because he's never really had them, never really had to deal with them, right? You know, he's just kind of always focused on this one side of things. So him trying to deal with that and trying to keep to his promise that he's not going to get back into the, the everything. Uh, and then his version of, he tries to date his version of Catwoman. And then so far that doesn't always go so well for the two of them. And then everything else, like he's no longer there. So the world's kind of, or his town, his, his city has gone to hell. You know, crimes come back tenfold or whatever. Uh, and then like I said, his previous Robin, is kind of still trying to fight the fight and all that stuff. So all of that, I mean, I like it. I like the story. I like, but then, and I'm not, you know, I, I'm not approved by any stretch of the imagination, but like there was, a, I was reading this one the other day. There's a splash page. Apparently these two uh, villain characters were throwing an orgy while they were having this conversation. So they have front panels of like them having, but the entire background is like, Oh, well, there's a guy plowing a tranny and there's a, you know, it's just, and it's just not, and it's not like, suggested it's <laughs> there's a guy flying a train, you know kind of thing and and you know and just like just a sea of bodies basically while they have these two little panel or or no they were in the middle of it uh, as well but having a conversation and you get stuff like that every once in a while and it, it doesn't bother me but it throws me off right it's just like oh i'm reading this really good story. oh hey penis uh, you know oh hey uh that guy's taking a penis okay you know <laughs> But the story is so good. It really is. I, I like that. I like that. What if Batman had retired and what the hell happened and, and what's going to, you know, what, what is the, the, is, is there going to be a catalyst that makes him go back, uh, against his word, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't know. That's, and him trying to deal with being a real person, you know, cause he's completely out of his depth and he doesn't, and like he's, depressed almost it's almost a form of depression for him because he just doesn't know how to function so it's it's kind of cool in that caught up with the comic sex criminals as well (laughs) and that one is still enjoyable as well let's just let's just keep going with the theme i started and am caught up with the comic porn and then the comic bestiality and then the comic (laughs) bitch planet oh yeah i i got the first i keep meaning to read that but i kind of enjoy it I think I've read three or four now. What I, I, again, I think I'm maybe one behind or whatever. I thought it was a pretty decent comic so far and I've been enjoying that one. So I'm willing to, that one is one I check for every once in a while to see if there's one for me to grab. So for now, I'm kind of adding it to my read list. Suicide risk. Of course, I've talked about that one quite a bit or I've been reading that one for quite a while now. That one kind of hit my must read list as well. I really enjoy that one. I'm kind of, I'm at a point where I'm not sure, like, either something's got to change and they need a new focus. I'm just not sure how long they can kind of keep going down the path they're going on right now. And I don't really want to spoil a ton, but at the same time, like, I've got to be, I'm in the 20s or something like that. I mean, this this comic isn't new. It's been going on for a while. But the current conflict has got to resolve and something new has to happen potentially or or they need to find a new planet to mess with or something i don't know but i'm enjoying it 
I, I still think it's a really good comic and I, I'm enjoying this take on people with powers. It's not your typical tights and fights to me, but tights are there, you know, and how people got their powers and why they have their powers and the reveals along the way are just really cool to me. And I think it's a good story. And then I added one other new one that I'm starting to read. Have you read any of the big con job? No. So it's basically Galaxy Quest meets the Italian job. No, oh, nice. Something like that. Uh, it's these, it's these old, you know, the old hats that are doing the con circuit all the time. They're getting screwed over in the con circuit. They're not getting the, the money that they're promised and they're getting fewer jobs and they're just kind of trying to make ends meet by, you know, autographs and everything like that. And, uh, they're getting kind of squeezed out and they're the old, you know, some of the old timers and stuff like that. And then, um, one of the promoters or something like that for one of the new up and coming guys that's getting all the jobs, you know, at all the cons kind of says, you know, some, I think it's something along the line, you know, you guys are kind of getting squeezed out and it's not fair. You do realize San Diego Comic Con is like making a shit ton of money, right? <laughs> so they start trying, he tries to pull them in on robbing San Diego Comic Con. So. And then the zombie virus happens. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been kind of a fun little read so far. That one's maybe three comics in, I think something like that. Who does that? Is that image or boom or? I think it's boom. So it's been kind of a fun little read. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to kind of see that one out until they screw me over like the zombie one did. It ended so stupid. That's what I got. I finished listening to The Heist by Daniel Silva. This was, I think, book 16 in this Gabriel Alon series. And I didn't like it that much. The last three books. He's like an Israeli intelligence agent slash hitman. <laughs> he, he works for the office as it's described. It's a loosely veiled an analog of uh, the Mossad, I think. Anyways, and up until the last three books, he's always been on some kind of government-related mission. With these last three books, you know, he was always unsatisfied with his work. He didn't like being a hitman; he just happened to be good at it. He didn't like the politics that went with it. All the books up until the last three always had some kind of little discussion between him and another character. Sometimes somebody he works with, sometimes the villain, and you know the going to have the villain monologue moment kind of thing about Middle Eastern politics and Israel's role in it and, and his role in Israel's politics, stuff like that. And not like, it's not like a textbook, but there's just this one little moment. And these, and those are what I like the most. And this last three books, as he's tried to get away from the office, he's still having these adventures. It's just now he's an independent operator and he's getting, you know, hired, blackmailed, cajoled into doing these things. This last one, I think, was the worst one because he just, he didn't want to be involved and he was like halfway disengaged for most of it. And then at the end, he was just kind of like, fine, I'll go back to the office. If the series ends here, it's a really crappy ending to the series. But if he continues the job he's taking back at the office as a promotion, so he's not going to be a field agent anymore. So I'm not quite sure what Silva has planned. It could go either way. But if this is the last book, that sucks. I also finished listening to Coban. I don't know if I mentioned that the last time. I think I did when Don was here. Uh, and I finished it. It was a really good book. I really liked listening to it. But dude talked about asking questions about how to escape from the library 
uh, and how to get the computer council working so many times. I was like, oh my God. Diction. Just go learn to talk English. It's, there's an R in that word. There's no X there. That's, ah. And they were common words and it, somebody hasn't taken their voiceover classes. <laughs> it kept <laughs> popping up and I'm like, oh, shut up. Oh, you can't because I want to hear what happens next. But <laughs> <laughs> it was a really good book and a really good setup. I was looking at good, uh, not good reads, um, audible. And there's three more books in this series. So I will be getting to those in quick order. I have just started listening to Flight of the Eisenstein, which is the fourth book in the uh, Horse Heresy series of books. I don't think this is a core book. The first three books have been core Horace Heresy, and I think this is a side book now. I could probably skip it and just go to the next core book and not miss much. But this is so far focusing on Death Guard and Mortarian, one of my favorite fallen legions. Mortarian just looks awesome. His, uh, his Primarch figure with a big scythe looks awesome. And, uh, I really like the, the fluff with this Legion. So I'm enjoying it and it will eventually tie into, cause the Eisenstein was mentioned at the end of the third book. So not all of that Legion, uh, not all of all the Legions that fall, fall to chaos. But so this, this ship at least remains loyal to the Emperor. And I want to see what happens when they, they leave the massacre. On the comic side, I read DC Convergence. It sucked ass. <laughs> it sucked sweaty ass. It was just horrible. It, I talked about it last app and then I finished it. It was, they would have just been better taking two months off publishing. <laughs> you, this was, this was their not a crisis crisis. It's not a crisis, but we're going to bring back the multiverse. It's not a crisis, but we're doing all the normal things we do in a crisis and we're going to reference all the other crises, but it's not a said it was final crisis and it was horrible it story made no sense it was just drivel read the first three issues of secret wars from the marvel side don't understand why they're doing this really well i know why they're doing it because they're also doing a not crisis crisis as they continue to reboot their universe especially to dick over the x-men and the fantastic four the i'm probably going to finish it just because i'm a masochist but i'm not like there are some branch outs from that that a lot of people seem to enjoy. Like, oh. like the Thors, like I, I saw it, it was today or yesterday. Somebody describe it as they've turned the Thor series into the wire and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I totally want to go back, go back and pick up some of the other tie-ins because everything that I hear says the tie-ins are far better than the core book, mm-hmm. which is just bullshit. <laughs> I'm all for tie-ins, but I'm just like, it's like Final Crisis. <laughs> Stop doing events, Marvel. Stop doing events, DC. Caught up on Moon Knight, read three or four issues in a row, and I'm still really liking that. He's a good B character. If Marvel ever wants to do... If Marvel has success with Punisher on Daredevil, and I think they will because he's a good character, but they just always shit on his movies. <laughs> If they want to do a Punisher movie without being the Punisher, I think Moon Knight would be a good option. He's, it's, it's just been some really good stories, solid, tight, just two, three issues, no big over, overbearing arcs. Cause each issue is, uh, a different aspect of Kanchu. Kanchu has three aspects and each issue, his con, his costume changes as his aspect, which aspect of Kanchu he's, he's representing that issue. So 
there's been story, but it's not like one six issue arc of just this one aspect of Conchu. So there's different stuff going on every, every issue. And it's, it's really good, solid, not quite one and done, but still really good, solid short stories. And then I'm also caught up on Gotham Academy, which again, I've been really liking that. This is the one that's set in the, the Gotham private school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's been some really good, it's, it's all ages. It's not just for kids, although I am very simple. <laughs> so it maybe isn't all ages and I'm just dumber than I thought <laughs> or less advanced than I thought. I'll say, even though it, it's, I think geared for kids, it's a good all ages book because even though the core of the adventure is very simplistic because it's the adventures that you can happen at a private school without going full Hogwarts, the drama is still there. And the, the integration of adult bat characters into the kid's school is done pretty well. And the art is really, really good. If nothing else, this is a very visually appealing book. So check that out. Gotham Academy. That's what I've got on the reading slash listening. What we're playing! Sponsored by Gene P. Thank you, Gene, very much for sponsoring us over on Patreon and allowing us to tell you what we're playing for another episode. I have very little. (laughs) Very, very little. In fact, I only have one thing this tabletop and it's pretty simplistic. Checkers. (laughs) Close. We had the nieces and nephews over here recently. Obviously, like I said, we had family stuff going on. There was a funeral, so we were. And what is your game of choice for funerals? Hosting. <laughs> <laughs> we were hosting a lot of family and stuff. So the nieces and nephews were over. Everybody kind of was looking for a break at some point in time. So my little niece is absolutely adorable. And she, uh, she kind of came over to me and she's like, uh, I, w- I forgot what I was doing. Oh, I had just. Got a bunch of stuff and like a bunch of packages in the mail. And she's like, can I help you? And I'm like, I'm kind of done right now, sweetie. But you know, what, what do you, she's like, well, can we do something together? I'm like, sure. What do you want to do? Can we play a board game? Why? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Are you sure you're not my kid? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, we can play a board game. So we came down here and I played board games with them before. And some different things. So we came down here and kind of went through and, uh, she's like, what is this? What is, this? but we, we ended up playing talk, talk Woodman, which is a good one for the kids. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. So it ended up and it was kind of cool. And you know, this is on the heels of that stupid ass <laughs> article coming out here. Recently. Board games are dying. Yeah. Board games are dying. Kids want nothing to do with it because of the age and blah, blah, blah. So here me and my niece are sitting here and we pull out talk, talk Woodman. We take it upstairs, play it in the, uh, dining room there and you know all three of them and her her brothers and her are all kind of in the you know they're the ipad generation kind of stuff you know uh, her mom's a teacher and they get ipads and stuff so they, they've they always got electronics in hand and that's what her brothers are off doing you know they're in the next room over just going to town and and playing on their devices and her and i start playing talk talk woodman we're having a good time and all of a sudden, here they come around the corner. Can we play? So there you go. The uh, the iPad generation picked the game, brought our two brothers in on it, and we had a good time. We played three or four times until they actually left for to to go home. So 
uh, that was a lot of fun. So that, that was kind of cool. It was a nice little moment I got to have with my nieces and nephews and got to teach them the game. Uh, I almost let them leave with it. Was like probably get more use out of it. Cause I was like, that was like the first time I actually busted open that game. <laughs> and for anybody that doesn't know, Talk Talk Woodman is a pretty easy dexterity game. You build a tree with bark on it. You take an axe, you get two swings at it. Any bark that falls off, you keep and you get a point per bark. But if you get the core, uh, if you make the core or any of the cores fall off, that's negative five points to you. So just you go until all the bark is off and add up your points. And we played, you know, and so quick game, set it back up, play again. It was, it was a lot. Of fun. Uh, other than that though, Far Cry 4, of course, whenever I can, which is still not much. Cause I think, I don't know. I might have said 75, 76. I may be at 77, 78% done with that game now tops. <laughs> But Batman Arkham Knight is out. Played that as soon as I could. Was not able to play it the day it came out. <laughs> Neither were the PC players. <laughs> yeah, I have it on Xbox One, so that wasn't my issue. My issue was that was the day of the funeral. <laughs> so I had to wait like a day before I was actually home and played it a little bit. Didn't even really play it that much then because uh, we still had a lot of stuff going on and we were hanging out with family and stuff. So I fired it up just enough to... Yep, there it is. Let me get through the, the credits and everything. And yep, yep, yep Batman game. <laughs> I will be back. And that's pretty much all I've been playing. My list is not much bigger. Played both of the Attack Wings recently, D&D and Trek. Always have fun with that. Enjoy the players I play with. Uh, we got in our on again, off again Imperial Assault campaign and trying to decide if I like the game. <laughs> really? It's. We've won two missions, maybe, and one of them didn't even matter because if we'd lost, the scenario was just going to advance with us. We had to break out of prison, mm-hmm. and even if we didn't, the scenario advances, you get rescued anyway, <laughs> and it's just a punishment mission for failing the previous mission. At the core, and this is the campaign. The skirmish, that's a whole different thing, just from the campaign side. It's, you know, it's Jordan running, and it's me, it's Alex, and it's Dave. So it's all experienced players and we've all played descent. So this was not a new thing for us, but it's, it's like if, and I've heard this from a bunch of different people. If you've got a group of people that don't go to the gate planning to optimize absolutely everything at every turn and every chance to make money and every chance to get XP and do everything absolutely optimized right, right out of the gate. Empire's going to mop you up. And that's where we are. We've got two missions to go. I'm not confident we're going to even win the last mission because we've only won two. None of us have our rain, our, our named weapons. We just lost the mission that was supposed to get me my lightsaber. And everything, every time we've had a chance to, to, to make money and, and buy gear for upgrades, everything has been best suited for Alex and his character. So, and that's, that's just the luck of the draw. You know, Dave and I have not been getting good drops, but we knew my mission was coming up. So I wasn't necessarily, we weren't really worried about me because I was in theory about to get the best weapon in the game and I was going to have the best Jedi power to go with it. I was going to get a lightsaber, awesome dice. And I was going to get, I had my dancing weapon upgrade so I could throw it as a ranged attack instead of having to be always in melee. Cause that's Dave and I, we're both, he's a Wookiee and I'm the Jedi. So and we only have one range guy and we're, we're playing at three. 
the game would is definitely I will say this now the game should definitely be at four whether that's two players playing two characters or three and one plays two you know however it definitely should be at four four actual players uh, and the overlord at three you all you're getting is a, a three point hit point boost which like to get my lightsaber I had to go in and face something wasn't said wasn't said what the the game advances when I opened the door and it was it was kind of the Dagobah moment where Luke went under the tree. Okay, well, and just like Luke, I had to face Vader with my shitty ass training stick, and and Jordal chose this moment to roll crazy on defense. Alex and I were working Vader. We were both getting good hits. I was doing damage. He was doing damage. But then he was rolling like I was doing five, and he was rolling six. Alex was doing four and he was rolling five defense. It was like we were hitting and we were hitting hard and he was just like, ah, screw you. I'm Darth Vader. You know? <laughs> and so we got beat down. I didn't got my lightsaber. So we still really have Alex tricked out with gear. I've got good Jedi powers and Dave has good Wookiee powers, but our gear is lesser. And we've now had so many failures that we get minimum XP and minimum money so we're, we've left a lot of crap on the table because we're going into the last two missions and we can only like afford one thing each turn. And it's coming down to the point where n- now we just, it's not like we want to, we, we just have to like mule up Alex, his character as much, get him the best of everything so that he can just sit there and shoot the shit out of everything while we run up there and do our best to catch bullets at the very least you know it's it's not quite that bad but it's kind of to the point where alex is who we have to keep alive <laughs> and i'm i'm kind of disappointed in the campaign that to be really and i'm not having a bad time although at the end of this last scenario i was like what the hell we walked in there we've just spent 5 hours doing shit and we've walked out with nothing we had a forced mission that got us nothing. The, the one mission we had to uh, infiltrate a Star Destroyer. If you lose, you're captured. If you win, who knows? Because we haven't won anything. We've won like two of the six missions we've been on. So we've always been shunted on to go. If you win, go to page two. You're never going to get to page two. You know, that's that's where we've been at. And then so then we get captured on the Star Destroyer and we go to this punishment mission, which you can't avoid. And you get nothing. You don't get XP. You don't get money. There's there's literally nothing there. You're not doing anything except getting off the ship. And then as it turns out, if you fail that, you're busted out anyways. So it was a totally pointless mission. Pointless. They could have just said, and you're rescued at the end of the last mission. And let's move on to something. Because this was something where we spent 45 minutes breaking out for nothing. We just played the game to advance a cinematic moment, but that actually had no in-game effect for us. Yeah. And that pissed me off. <laughs> I mean, even worse than having Vader chew on my ass for, for three rounds. Oh, Vader's a brute. Now, the skirmish game, that's a whole different thing. When you can build your teams and you go in there and you're going to head-to-head and it's for v- VPs, that's a whole different thing. That's excellent. That's really enjoyable. I want to do this game... I'll do this game again with Jordal and a different group because Dave's going. 
up to the city. So he's not going to be back for a regular play. I will do it again. Having gone through it once, we will definitely have to make better decisions and different decisions, especially in how we spend our money. But I'd also like to try this game with my Rochester group. They're all experienced players, but none of them are dissent people and none of them are kind of that type of game. Uh, or at least not a lot of experience with it. So I'd like to see what a totally different group than what I play with here would make of it. That was my Sunday, actually. Five hours <laughs> getting money this kid by <laughs> Vader and Imperial Guard Chambers. Just walk up to you, cut you in two, and then put you back together so they can cut you in two again. And on the hobby side, I finished painting my Skull Crushers. I'm fairly disappointed with the way they turned out. So they're just going on my shelf and they're never going to be seen again. That could be a literal statement because Age of Sigmar drops on July the 4th, this Saturday, and the rules have been leaking and being posted for the last couple of days. And the game, what Warhammer Fantasy Battle, if this is going to be the ninth edition, it's changing absolutely everything. It's going to say, it says all our models are going to be usable and they're, they're putting up the rules for free for Age of Sigmar. Whether this is going to be all the rules for ninth edition or not, who knows? Or maybe this is just a standalone game. Who knows? If it is going to be the ninth edition rules, I'm not sure that I'm going to be keen on it because there's a lot of other games that they've poached from that I've actually played that I would actually go back and play more. They say they're going to keep all our models usable and on, on the fourth, the core rules go for the game go live free, which is something GW never does. And all the battle scrolls for all the existing character models go live free. So you can just take everything you have now and use it. This is an important distinction because in the preview images for everything that's coming in the Age of Sigmar box, they've switched from square to round bases. Everything's round and oval now. So that's, that's their biggest change. They're going away from a rank and file game to, uh, it's 40k. So I'm going to check out the rules. Probably get a game in with Jordan all because. I've invested money in my minis. I'd like to play them. The other thing they've done by the looks of it is simplified it vastly. Not in a bad way. They haven't dumbed it down, but I think they've realized that their target audience for the last decade has been 30 to 50 with a lot of disposable income. And they've kind of scaled that down to saying, just bring whatever models you want. They're li- they literally say, there's no points. Just bring what you want and then tailor your scenario to if you've got two and he's got a hundred, well, then you're going to do a sudden death. And so, you know, there's, they've got different victory conditions or loss conditions, depending on how you want to look at it. And I think they've really toned down the rules to the point that instead of going from, you know, I'd say teenagers where I would put this fantasy now, not so much of difficulty, but for content in rules and having to know things and be being willing to sit down and play one game for two hours concentration reading comprehension and just a desire to do something you know that they've taken this now it looks like it's going to be vastly sped up and vastly simplified so i think they're trying to change their target age group lower too so potentially a lot of good changes potentially uh who knows so these skull crushers getting back to that they may see play, they may not, who knows. And so I've been doing a lot of Warhammer work recently, so I decided to take some time off of that, uh, even though I have six Fargeists staring at me, only two-thirds painted. 
And I've started to work on some Federation repaints for Attack Wing because baby blue tuxedo ships really do not suit any kind of series. <laughs> That's it. Well, there you go, everybody. That brings us to the end of another episode. So thank you for hanging out with us. I'm Jeff King. I am the Canadian. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Rolling Dice and Taking Names, a podcast by guys who have a passion for tabletop games and happen to have mics. They discuss all forms of tabletop gaming from board games to miniatures to RPGs. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.